0: How are you my dear? I'm good. I'm pretty good. I'm uh, I'm excited to be back. I know it's been I think over a month. Over a month? Since. Yeah. Ooh,
1: I'm like yelling into my mic. Let's move I you know. away. Sorry. That's usually you...
0: my bit. No actually you're <laughs>
1: usually really low on my end.
0: Really? Because I'm always really high on my end.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I don't hmm. know.
0: That's something to figure out in editing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, it's been a month since we've recorded because all of our episodes that we've released have been, were pre-recorded this summer, which I'm really glad we did because I started school again in September. You moved back to the city.
0: Yeah, about two, two, two and a half, three weeks ago. Yeah.
1: Now we can get back to recording at our regularly scheduled programming.
0: Yes. Woo!
1: And what are you drinking?
0: I'm drinking a margarita because I was rushing back to make a recording time, which I did not make. By three Uh, three hours. You
1: missed it by three hours.
0: We're not going to talk about the reason why. We're not
1: talking about the reason why. I'm saying that you missed it by three hours.
0: I had a good reason, listeners. I had a very good reason.
1: (laughs) mm, We all know my favorite saying men. No, no. 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 But I digress.
0: But yeah, I was rushing back to make a recording time and realized I had no mixer in my apartment, so I had to grab the frozen lime concentrate out of my freezer and make margaritas because <laughs> it's the only alcohol I could like make. I wasn't about to just take straight up shots, so.
1: Oh, but that sounds like fun. No, this is what happens when you make me record this late. I start yawning. Oh, well, It probably that's doesn't a help. The wine probably doesn't help either. probably not (laughs) which for the record thanks for asking i'm drinking (laughs) a red wine right i don't drink reds this is no that's unusual yes um we had a family party not a family party i shouldn't say that we are so all practicing social distancing we had my uncle and like three other people over for his birthday and my sister and her husband and whenever they come, out, my sister and her husband come over, they always bring, like, a, a wine with them for them to drink. And they're like, you have to try this one if you don't like red this red wine. I'm going to judge you. Oh, my God. It is so good. Really? What's it called? It's the Francis Coppola wine. They brought the Merlot with them last week. I'm drinking the Cab. It is so good. And so, like, reasonably priced. I'm going to have it. to give it a
0: shot. Because I don't like red either. I'll, I'll
1: bring it. I'll bring it with me when I'm be in person recording in two weeks. Yay! I know it's so soon already. Yay! Get excited. We have a surprise for you guys coming. Yes. We're yes. doing. We're trying to get into the spooky season spirit. Ooh, try saying that five times Jess.
0: Couldn't. <laughs> Just not even gonna try.
1: We have a surprise coming up for that, so we're really excited to record that episode. But for now. I don't know what else, where are going with that? We can introduce the podcast. We are Bookaholics Anonymous, and I'm Francesca.
0: And I'm Alicia. (laughs) And this is a podcast where we drink and tell each other about the books we read that week.
1: It's mostly me getting drunk, me, Francesca getting drunk, and Alicia having one drink and then telling me she can't drink more.
0: (laughs) That is usually how it goes.
1: Because she's trying to lose weight. (laughs)
0: Or or I have to go to work the next day. That's also another prime excuse from me.
1: Which, that's not an excuse anymore because of the, we're recording on Saturdays now, so...
0: <laughs> well, actually, no, because I do have to do on-call now, so sometimes I will have to work the next day.
1: My god, that sounds awful. It's, you know,
0: whatever. <laughs> I like my job, so I really can't
1: complain. I'm back to my regularly scheduled... 5 a.m. shifts.
0: I know, I've been seeing that, and I'm just like, oh, disgusting. It could never be you. It could never be me.
1: And gotta love the retail folks. Gotta love retail employment. Get, always be nice to your food, food industry employees and your retail workers.
0: Please, please and thank you. For the you.
1: fucking love of God. <laughs> Someone just be nice to me. Oh my gosh. Just to, Oh Wait, have I ever, okay, so I can't, like, dox myself and, like, tell what company I work for, but I work for a very prominent makeup store, and I was working a 5 a.m. shift, and the store opened at 10, and 10 o'clock was when I got to take my break because it was the middle of my shift at 10 o'clock, and once we clock out, like, or we, like, yeah, we clock out for our break, we legally, like, cannot help you. Like, if you ask us a question, we legally cannot help you because we are not on the clock. It just doesn't... We can't. And I'm... If you do it, it.
0: because I, I also work retail, and then it's like, you might be there for another 30 minutes helping this person, and then you didn't get paid for it. Not even
1: that. If something happens where, like, you get injured or the customer gets injured and you're not on the clock, the company is... Has, like, bigger issues. But yeah, you're right. You can also be there for an extended period of time. So... I had clocked out, and at this job, we have to have our bags checked and things like that every time an employee leaves the store, because... Right. Lost yes. prevention. Smart. Yes. So I'm standing there waiting for my manager to come and check me out, and this woman goes, excuse me, can you help me find this eyeshadow? And I'm like... I turn around, and I'm like, I'm really sorry, ma'am. I just clocked out for my break, but I'll grab... And I turn to go and be like, I'll grab one of my coworkers, and she goes, ah, you people are useless. I'm never shopping at the store again. And I was like... <laughs> And okay, I was like, all right. <laughs> Bye. The other makeup store is in the mall. Have fun.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Some people, man, they really are just entitled. Mm-hmm. Not a
1: fan. Not a fan at all. No, but anyway, I could go on for hours about the retail, the horrors of retail.
0: I could also. Not hours, because I didn't. I haven't worked retail as long as you've worked retail. Yeah. I only did it for like, three six months.
1: I've been in. Re- uh, I've been in retail since. 2016.
0: Yeah. I remember you telling me, uh, it's just, it was not fun. It's not. I liked my coworkers, but the people are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the customers are crazy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I don't miss it. I really enjoy the editing at my job. So
1: yeah, I can't, can't relate. I'm still not employed in our industry.
0: Put me down as a reference. Put me
1: down as a reference. Oh my god, yes!
0: (laughs) Yes! I'll do it. Fuck it. I have an official title.
1: Should we jump into the book?
0: Wait, I want to address the elephant in the room. Oh god. Guys, someone give us a one-star review and I'm not saying it was Stephanie Meyer. (laughs) (laughs) But it was Stephanie Meyer.
1: (laughs) I also, I want to address the second elephant in the room and give a big, big shout out. To my therapist, Shannon, yes. for Shannon, being our love only you. review right now. So, guys, we love Shannon. Shannon was part of the brainchild that is this podcast. She is also, again, I will say it. She is also my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so let's um uh. add some more reviews <laughs> so she's not the only one. And yeah, I can, if you
0: review, if you leave us a review, we'll shout you out in the episode.
1: Yes yes at the top at the top make it drop that's no nope, not gonna do it <laughs>
0: we don't want to get <laughs> that is copyright yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so let's um, pretend like it's not my therapist and let's all just leave a review yeah let's please that. A review so except then we can for stephanie myers the... you we've yeah. got your opinion
0: i'm Hearts, i'm sorry it wasn't that great of a book I'm sorry. It just wasn't. I couldn't lie to... Th- I couldn't lie to you guys. I just... We're, we're I couldn't.
1: O- we are only here for the facts. I'm a journalist, don't you know? <laughs> and our opinions and our opinions are 90% right, so...
0: I would even... I would even say 75%.
1: Oh, that's a little low. I think very highly of myself, so...
0: I don't. I am I have horrible self-esteem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should start talking to Shannon. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. But yeah, please leave a review because please, please. we need to drown out that one star one that someone left us. Yeah, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer.
1: Alright, so I need to get my hair in order because it's bu- 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 bugging me. Okay, so getting into the spooky spirit. Yay. I don't even think you told me what book. I didn't. I picked You haven't
0: up... been the past couple times.
1: Yeah, because it's more fun.
0: The suspense is real.
1: I picked up this book from the bookstore... Because, shockingly, from a quote on the front. Oh, really? Which never happens. Wow, okay. That's cool. Which is, like, really weird. And it's a quote from Stephen King. Ooh. A head full of ghosts scared the living hell out of me, and I'm pretty hard to scare.
0: That is... Wow. Yeah, that's so high
1: praise. So, spooky scary skeletons did not send shivers down the spine. I will tell you that. Down my spine is the spine that we're talking about. So the book we're talking about is A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. Tremblay? 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 I feel like I've heard of him before. I loved this book. I will say that it just didn't scare me the way I, I was I, expecting.
0: Right. I find it's hard to scare me in books.
1: I You know. think with this, it's harder for me to get scared because I wasn't reading it just to read it. I was reading it to remember and take notes and I was stopping and starting so I wasn't like fully immersed in the experience. Right. So that could have played into it. So I'm not saying it's not a scary book because the concept is definitely couldn't be very creepy but it just didn't get me. I was more (laughs) upset by the end. Oh no. (sighs) Yeah I find
0: that movies I don't I don't find scary movies all that scary.
1: Depends. Jump scares.
0: Jump scares, like, obviously will, like, get me, but they're not, like, I'm gonna have nightmares about them. You know? Um, I feel like...
1: I don't like blood and gore. Those movies freak me out.
0: Yes. They don't... I'm just, like, I don't know. They're not super scary to me. The only movies that are super scary that are... Like horror movies would be the Purge movies.
1: I haven't watched those. I haven't noticed. They're too to real.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. they could happen too easily, and that freaks me out. That's
1: why I refuse to watch them. It's just because I can't. I watch movies to escape reality, not to have my future reality <laughs> thrust in my face. All right.
0: Thank you. Yes, I'm with you there.
1: So this book, it was published in 2015, and is set in New England.
0: Of course it was.
1: Actually, it's set specifically in Beverly, Massachusetts, but whatever. Of course it is. Anyway, so the book opens with uh, an adult, Mary. Her name is Mary, not Mary. It's Mary. Mary. How is it spelled? It's Mary, like Merry Christmas. Mary.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay.
1: So she returns to her childhood at home with a an author named Rachel... And so she, the way Mary describes herself, she goes, If anyone asks, I'm a quarter of a century minus two. And I was like, All right, hard eye roll. Hard eye roll.
0: Yeah. Okay. But then you... she
1: goes, Because she likes to watch. Pretentious much? It's like, Because she, she likes to watch people struggle with the math. And I was like, Okay, that's a mood. <laughs> like, that's a me. Pretentious. Yeah, but like, I would do that to make people struggle. Like, we both know I would.
0: Bitch. Or ne- neither of us are good at math. Come on. <laughs> Why would we do that?
1: <laughs> Listen, you didn't need to put me on blast like that. But okay. I put
0: us both on blast. <laughs>
1: <sighs> oh my gosh. Okay. The descriptions of the house are, like, really specific and I'm just not going to get into them because, like, of all the detail in the book, that's
0: I'm still thinking about the quarter of a century minus two because you know our asses would, would do the wrong. I know, but we would do the wrong math if we told people that.
1: Yeah, if it was a quarter, be like okay. oh yeah, it's a, a we, quarter we of a century. I probably think like thirty-five.
0: Yeah, we would no. We would do the math wrongs <laughs> if we told someone that. We'd be <laughs> like oh yeah, it's like
1: I'm <laughs> um, a quarter of a century plus seventeen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I mean, we both know my Wait, ass is not. Literally. I look like it, but I'm not. Um, mm-hmm. So they get super descriptive with, like, the layout of the house. He's really descriptive about the stairs because he has, like, some weird thing for stairs. Fetish? I wouldn't say a fetish, <laughs> right. but it's just, like, he was very focused on those stairs. So they're conducting an interview for a book, and the whole time Mary is kind of, like, walking around the living room, and she's like, oh, like, if did you buy the house or, like did you get permission from the real estate agent to be here? Because that's definitely breaking some real estate laws. And she's just like flip-flopping all over the place. And I was like, girl definitely has ADHD and I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> Representation, am I right?
1: <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love um, so it. So the, the interview is for a book and the book is about Mary's older sister, Marjorie. And so next we flip to the first blog entry from a website called The Last Final Girl by Karen Brizzetti. I think that's how you say it. and Kilgareth? What? Kilgareth? Oh my god, I wish. Kil- <laughs> that would make this so much better. And I'm not saying... And again, I'm not saying this book is bad. I actually really, really enjoyed this book. Uh, the plot was really thick and it was really great. It just didn't scare me. That's all I'm saying. But no, I would... But if was-
0: Karen were in it, it would just make it that oh much better. Oh my god,
1: that would have been so fucking... She would have... I feel like we've mentioned her every episode. <laughs> her and Georgia would have read The Room and been like, all right, we're out. Like, we're not doing this. Love that. Yeah. Like, the, within, like, the first happenings in this book, you know this shit. Like, they would have been, like, outy 5,000. They've been right. like, we're, we're, we're not going to be the white girls that die in this one. See ya. Right. So, the article talks about a reality fi- show from 15 years ago. It was on the Discovery Channel, and it was about a possession. Which, Ooh. like, you're not... That's not Discovery Channel material that I've heard of. So that's interesting in and of itself. I thought, like, Swamp People was on the Discovery (laughs) Channel.
0: Yeah, I feel like that would have been more, I don't know. Like a travel channel. National Geographic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the show, she believes, even though it's, like, reality TV, it's definitely fake. And that the show is very stereotypical middle class. Family, the father, had just been laid off. After working at a toy company for 19 years. Oh, no. The show gives viewers an idea of, like, the poor financial situation. And the mom works at a... Ba- she's a bank teller, but, like, the dad's just been laid off. Right. Okay. Now that, like, it gets kind of into the interview and they're going back and talking about Marjorie, her older sister, and their experience and whatnot. So, at this point, Mary is now eight years old when it all starts. And she says in the book... My my personal history, not being my own, being literally and figuratively haunted by outside forces is as horrible as what actually happened, almost. And, like, that's got to be really traumatizing as, like, an 8-year-old, not being able to, like... Or as, like, an adult, not being able to trust your own memories of what, like, happened to you. Yeah.
0: That, and it's kind of isolating,
1: you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's kind of trippy. So, Dad was super religious and, like, Mom... Wasn't, wasn't here for it. And even though dad didn't really start attending any churches until like a month or two before the exorcism.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't like that.
1: She tells a story about her parents going to marriage encounter when she was four, explaining while well, that it doesn't, she doesn't fully remember what happens. She has a general understanding from secondhand stories that telling her sister's story could get tricky. She remembers some things in great detail and others like not in a lot. So basically Marjorie is possessed and she's the one that gets the exorcism.
0: Right. Okay.
1: The parents were really concerned about her lack of interest in reading books meant for her age at eight years old. And I was like, she's dyslexic. Join the club. We got shirts. But she's also a very incredibly bright child. So she would pretend to read chapter books, but would have like other books open in them <laughs> that she was actually reading. Ah, <laughs> mood. Growing up, she used to make up stories with her sister Marjorie. And Marjorie was 14 at the time and just starting high school. And how old was Mary? Eight. Okay. So, they have, like, this book called... Of, like, Richard's scary stories. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she... So, Marjorie would write her own stories, like, in the margins of the oh, book. No. Oh, no. And, like, draw, Creepy. like, little pictures and then, like, read them to Mary. Uh, Marjorie calls Mary into her room. And she's sitting on her bed and she's like, brings her book in with her. Like, the Richard's scary book. She thinks Marjorie's gonna write to her another story.
0: But Marjorie right. already
1: has another book from Mary's room. Right. It's, like, a picture book of all, like, the major cities in the world that she has. Okay, And so yeah. she's started writing in it, and Marjorie makes up a story about molasses drowning Boston, and she obsesses upsets Mary, like, a lot. <laughs> so she, like, gets really upset, and Marjorie starts apologizing to her, and it was like, the most unrealistic part of this book is that the older sister is apologizing for going into the younger sister's room without her asking. <laughs> that is... my sisters would never i feel like i emotionally attached to mary because we're both the youngest of sisters i might have an extra sister than mary but i was also traumatized by both of them neither of them were possessed (laughs) but that i will debate for hours oh no it turns out that the molasses drowning boston story is actually true like, that actually happened.
0: No way. Shut up.
1: Yeah. I had to... I was like, this doesn't sound... I googled it and it, like, killed a bunch of people. Oh, so, shit. like, they're basically, like, um, they used molasses, I think, to make alcohol in, like, the mm-hmm. 30s and one day it got really hot or, like, yeah, I think it got really hot and the metal that the containers silos that the molasses were in stretched and broke and literally flooded the streets and killed a bunch of people. It was just fucking wild. Mary asks uh Marjorie who told her this and Marjorie doesn't says nobody. She just woke up that morning and it, this she knew the story. M- Marjorie gets really dark when she like talks about it. Like she gets very like intense. And right. Mary also says she hates being called Mary Monkey. And I was like I don't blame her. That's as bad as yeah. when my dad started calling me moose.
0: Yeah, understandable. Like, I, yeah. And I refuse animal... to let my dad
1: forget that he calls me that. So, he's called me <laughs> that, So, So, Marjorie draws a scene in the picture book, the big story book, uh, big city, like, story book. Right. So, Marjorie draws a scene of right. the molasses flood in one of Mary's picture books, and it's horrifying enough to <laughs> give Mary nightmares. That's something I would have done. Like, that's how creepy it is. In Marjorie's room, the posters all over start to overlap themselves. So, like, it's only, like, a disembodied hand and legs and arms and, like, a pair of eyes. Shut up. So, when Mary was little, Marjorie would convince Mary that Marjorie's room would rearrange itself at night to, like, scare, scare Mary as, like, a joke. And I was like... My sister cut my Barbie's hair off and told me that it would grow back. Clearly, we're in different situations. Uh, When Mary notices the posters on the wall, Marjorie says she woke up with them like that and not to tell their parents. And I was like, sure, sis. Okay. Right. So, reminder, Mary is, like, eight years old. So... Mary is so convinced Marjorie's like, going to sneak into her room again, like, the way she stole, when she stole the book. She rigs her door so that no one can get in or out except for her, because she's so small, so, like, she can escape through the door without anyone noticing. And I was like, oh, she's so sweet. She's so innocent to be eight years old again. And then I think back, and then I think back to what was happening in my life at eight years old, where I was diagnosed with my ADHD and my dyslexia, and I was like, "Mm, maybe not. Pretty bad time in my life. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah i don't even know what i was doing at eight
1: yeah i was taking a lot of reading tests and being confronted for spelling my own name wrong so (laughs) (laughs) so she wakes up monday morning and she has a note on her chest from marjorie and she had put all of her stuffed animals facing her bed her bedroom door oh they were like guarding the door yeah, and she oh. goes, I scolded them for falling asleep on the job. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you're so cute. I love that. That's awesome. Um. So she has like this big cutout cardboard house in her room that she goes into and like plays in a lot. And in the note, Marjorie had said, says she snuck into Mary's room and she had been there for, been doing it for weeks while Marjorie's, well, Mary slept. She even pinches right. Mary's nose shut until she wakes up gasping for air
0: bro what the fuck
1: she challenges challenges is to sneak out that night uh to get a new story for marjorie and i was like you better not oh you better not and when she was like talking about pinching her nose and i was like still not as bad as trying to drown me <laughs> still not as bad just saying there's like Mary maybe Mary should learn to sleep with her eyes open I did that yeah
0: I don't know I pushed my brother off a golf cart I think <laughs> at eight so
1: mm-hmm.
0: while it was moving
1: I slept with my eyes open for a while when I was a kid and one day yeah. I went downstairs to uh, the kitchen and my sister Gabby turns to me and goes why didn't you let me borrow a pair of socks last night and I was like what are you talking about and she goes I came into your uh-huh. room and asked you if I could take a pair of socks and you just stared at me I was like, what time? (gasps) Oh, no. I was like, what time? And she's like, 10 o'clock. And I was like, I was asleep at like nine. And she goes, your eyes were
0: wide open. (laughs) Bro, that's creepy. That's how you stop your sisters from
1: taking your socks. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no. Mary describes her eating buttered pasta for dinner. And I ate that until I was like middle school. So That's fair. No judgment. No, not at all. And then she put a blizzard of grated cheese on it. And I was like, I still do that. So no judgment. (laughs) It's been a year and a half since the dad lost his job at this point. Marjorie has an appointment with a doctor instead of soccer practice. And I was like, oh, she's getting a therapist. Finally. Uh, Mary thinks to tighten security in her room. She'll put baby powder in front of her door to track footprints that come into her room. Like that's so smart. So smart. They get, the dad gets in an argument with the mom about saying grace at dinner and Marjorie describes dad, as, or not Marjorie, sorry. Mary describes dad as having a bullhorn hidden inside of his chest. And I was like, that is such a great description of like a dad when you're eight years old and he's like mad. And that's a hundred percent something I would say about my own father. <laughs> <laughs> so Marjorie went to go see Dr. Hamilton and during dinner that night, uh, she asks their dad, if the, if there are ghosts in heaven of the people you love, how can you really be sure it's really them and not a demon pretending to be them? So if you're... Facts. So you're spending eternity in doubt. And then she gets up and walks out of dinner. So that night, Mary sneaks into Marjorie's room like she was told to. And Marjorie immediately proceeds to scare the crap out of Mary... By saying the room rearranged itself when she wasn't there, and I was like, ten out of 10, 8 year old me would have believed that. So,
0: a hundred percent, same.
1: Marjorie tells Mary a story of these growing things taking over the world. They live, and they live with their parent, their dad, in a on a hill, away from all the growing things. Their mother had disappeared. Marjorie is sick, and Dad goes out looking to find food. Mary, uh, Marjorie finds. Sorry, Mary finds her mom's body in the basement. Their father had poisoned her and was po- poisoning Marjorie and Mary was next. What? This is the story and this is the story that Marjorie tells Mary. How do you come up with this shit? <laughs> yeah. So Mary obviously starts to cry and Marjorie says she's sorry Fair. and that she's sick. Uh she says that there are ghosts in her head trying to get out and she wants Mary to remember the story about the sisters especially. And I was like, I'm really glad my sister tried to drown me. Like, of all things she tried to do, it was trying to drown me.
0: (laughs) So. That's what it always comes back to, is her trying to drown you.
1: Listen, of all the things my sister did to me, that was probably the worst of it. But we're good now. But anyway. So while waiting for soccer practice to start the next day, Mary finally tells her mom how weird Marjorie's been. It was like about fucking time. I would have told my mom the second she defaced my book without asking. <laughs> like, we don't do this in that hu- In this house, so mom promises not to tell Marjorie what Mary told her, and you. Mom pulls out like a, a notebook and she's like keeping record of the things that are going on at home. So and mom has started smoking again, like excessively. So, Cigarettes. <laughs> yes. So, a teammate makes fun of Mary for smelling like smoke. So, Mary accidentally hits her above her shin guard during the drills. An icon. An icon. Doesn't stand for this shit.
0: <laughs> She's like, not on my watch, not bitch. Not today,
1: sis. So, Mary wakes up uh, that night to Marjorie screaming at the top of her lungs. This oh, really high-pitched, creepy. unsettling scream. Marjorie's begs to get the voices out of her head, and then the, they won't let her sleep. Then you hear Dad yell to Marjorie to come down from there. A page later, we learn that Marjorie was clinging to the wall like a spider. What?
0: Whoa, wait, whoa, back up, sis. <laughs> like a spider?
1: So think like Peter she's Parker the climbing wall. up the wall. Um, She's sitting in the center of her uh, weird posters... <laughs> Her weird poster array, like it's a web, she's sitting in the center of it, like a, literally like a spider. So Mary looks in the room and there are holes in the wall where she had a punched. Mom tells Mary that Marjorie had a night tower and that the plaster walls were old and weak and that she could punch through it. Sure, Jan. Okay. Mary looks at her cardboard house that night and there are a few vines growing around it and two sister cats drawn in the window on a piece of paper. And there's a message along the bottom telling Mary there's something wrong with her, Marjorie, and that her bones just want to grow out of her skin and touch the world. (laughs) Sis needs to talk to someone. Mary goes to sleep, and the next morning she wakes up with a drawing of a leaf and stem on the back of her hand. It's like, how the fuck do you not wake up from that? (laughs) So Mary... Hides underneath their dining room table and eavesdrops on her parents' conversation about Marjorie's treatment, saying hearing that it's too expensive. What kind of treatment? Like electrotherapy? So she's going, she's Dr. Hamilton is like a psychiatrist. So she's going and talking to him like every week. Okay.
0: I didn't know if this was like a new therapy like the no, new no, no. Th- kind of. Okay.
1: So dad hasn't been job hunting. He's been going to the church to pray for a clear head and guidance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. So he's been going to the church regularly to talk to Father Wanderly, and he thinks that Marjorie should talk to him, too. And Mom's legit reaction is, Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) same girl, same. We find out that Dad skipped Marjorie's actual doctor's appointment to take her to see Father Wanderly. Did these
0: people never see, like, any Exorcist movie ever? The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby.
1: So Marjorie had a fit in the car. She was laughing, screaming, making animal noises, like, saying that the dad wanted to do, like, really sexual things to her.
0: That's uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) They were right by the church, so he took her. Marjorie seemed to calm down when they got to the church. And mom, rightfully, was pissed. Mary finds Marjorie in the sunroom humming this really sad song and she tells Mary she knows Mary told mom, like, everything about the sad, like, the molasses story, about how weird she's been, like, everything. And then eerily calm and and in graphic detail explains how she'll sneak into Marjorie's, uh, into Mary's room at night and cut out her tongue if she ever does it again. And then wear it around her neck like a necklace until it shrivels up and falls off.
0: How, what? What? <laughs> How do you think of these things?
1: Mary like freaks out like obviously, um, and to calm her down, she plays like the game where you draw letters on your on your friend's back to spell something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she ends up spelling out "gloomy Sunday." Oh, so she also tells threatens to tell their parents that Mary is the one that's making her crazy. Uh, if Mary tells on her again. Because she knows that her parents have told Mary to, like, keep her calm and, like, not bother her. During family dinner, Dad makes a joke that Mary is very good at impressions. Speaking about school, she asks Marjorie if she can borrow her hat for school the next day for, like, spirit week. Aww. Then Marjorie proceeds to vomit. Oh. As the author says, like, her mouth is a faucet.
0: Oof. oh oh, no Mm, don't like that mental picture Mm, no no please how do i unthink of something
1: (laughs) she casually (laughs) says no she was going to die one day and she didn't want dead things wearing her stuff Mm, okay love that uh, talking in several different voices, she crawls under the dinner table and Dad starts praying, holding her hand on the di- under the table, and it gets this really deep scratch in it. And then Marjorie comes out from under the table and goes to her room asking for no visitors and then tells Mary she can do voices too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yo, your reaction? I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this. I know that you tweeted that you wanted to scare me, but... <laughs> is so fucking creepy
1: so saturday morning uh food is on the low supply because dad still isn't working mary tries to play with dad he's not really in the mood and he tells her to look for her mom mary goes to her parents room and walks in on marjorie um masturbating but there is blood like everywhere oh oh no oh no that's not normal go see a gynecologist (laughs) So Mary runs to the bathroom to get her mom to get Marjorie help. She's bleeding, obviously. Her mom like can't hear because the bathroom fan is on. So Marjorie follows her into the hallway and continues masturbating while speaking in gibberish. Oh, awesome. Yeah. She then defecates all over the floor before collapsing. Oh, no. All the while Mary is begging, banging and begging her mom to come out of the bathroom. Dad comes running up the stairs and I was like, possessed or not, I definitely don't want my dad to see me bare from the waist down.
0: (laughs) No, I don't. I couldn't think of one
1: situation where I would want that to happen. The next part, we get another blog post. Karen states she clearly believes that the show is fictional, fictional or scripted. Um, there were rumors that Father Wanderley was involved in getting the production team involved in some shady shit. Uh, the show started right before they were going to foreclose and go under on the house. Right, 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 right. And all the things that happened to Marjorie seemed to be taken from popular possession media, the vomiting everywhere, the masturbation scene. They watched The Exorcist and The Conjuring. Yep. Well, Typical. probably The Exorcist because that's what's referenced in the text. Conjuring's not mentioned yet, so I don't think the Conjuring came out yet. Oh no? I don't know if it was. I up guess that's pr- then I feel like that you're probably right, yeah. Karen doesn't believe she didn't just read the stuff on the internet. They talk about the television show and how they have obviously like every other good reality possession TV shows, there's reenactments. Of course. And then you find out the actress playing Marjorie, of course, 14-year-old Marjorie in the reenactment is actually 23. <laughs> You, that should have spit out your nose. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So you would say she's a, 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 what was it? A quarter of a century minus two. <laughs> oh man. It's all come full circle.
1: So the song that Marjor- uh, Marjorie had been humming in the sunroom is called Gloomy Sunday and it's a Hungarian song. That is so sad, it's actually driven people to suicide. What the fuck? So then, the heaven question that she asked their dad was actually asked in Vladimir Nobuko's uh memoir, Despair. So, like, none of it was actually, like, stuff she came up with. Oh.
0: Lame. Get original.
1: So now we're back in present day, Mary's 23, and they're at her two-bedroom condo in Boston. And I was like, ugh, family money. <laughs>
0: Am I right?
1: Um, we find out that Marjorie went to the hospital for two weeks after the whole masturbation incident.
0: Understandable.
1: When she came home, Mary went to stay with their aunt for a weekish, give or take. Mom was drinking more and smoking in the house.
0: <laughs> she gives no fucks anymore.
1: So dad wasn't home much when Marjorie was in the hospital. So when Mary gets home from her aunt's house, that's when they start filming their TV show. They find out Mary has quite the horror selection of books and movies in her apartment which like Rachel is like what the fuck like why do you have all of this stuff after everything you've been through
0: yeah that's a little weird I would probably I don't even know that's a little weird
1: yeah and she was just like I don't know maybe it's my fascination she doesn't really give like a clear answer why but we find out that she's surviving on residuals from the show from the family trust and the book deal that she's currently working on with Rachel right but then you also find out she just got her first paid writing gig that. Mary has been writing a blog under an assumed name and that Mary is actually Karen, the blog writer. What? <laughs>
0: yeah. You need a minute? I don't even know what to say right now. I don't even know what to say.
1: Yeah, it was a lot. I literally wrote, I'm floored and like underlined it. <laughs> so now we switch back to eight-year-old Mary. And now I want to make it clear that the eight-year-old Mary, they're all memories that 23-year-old Mary is recounting. Right, 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 right. So it's all told in the past tense just so it's, you don't think it's like present tense eight-year-old Mary is telling the story. Like it's it's from 23-year-old Mary's perspective as an eight-year-old.
0: Right. And you said like in the beginning she can't really trust her own memories. Exactly. So she's an unreliable narrator. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Now we switch back and the crew has begun setting up for the show during her interview with Rachel, an incident in the basement is mentioned when when she's talking to her in her apartment. Right. This is what happens. Right. Mary goes down into the ba- the unfinished basement for snacks. Yeah. And like the whole unfinished basement, like there's dirt floors, like it's...
0: Oh, unfinished, unfinished.
1: Marjorie's supposed to be upstairs in her room with their mom, but she appears in the basement, obviously. Right. And she tells Mary a secret. Right. That she's faking all of it. The song, the molasses story, she got that all from the internet. But the growing thing story was entirely made up by Marjorie. She tells uh mary she's faking it a to get out of going to school big mood <laughs> big, big mood isn't that what we mood. all did yeah i think fe- i probably i'm not even exaggerating when i say i probably missed 65 percent of middle school begging my really? mom because i was pretending to be sick yeah oh real talk i was too honest.
0: anxious to do that i should have took oh, advantage
1: no i my mom my, her thing was if i didn't have a fever and if i wasn't throwing up i had to go to school doesn't matter that like after i deceived her too many times
0: (laughs) you got too good at it
1: yeah so you played yourself i fucking played myself don't even start so (laughs) she did it to get out of school she did it to get out of going to see dr hamilton
0: alexander hamilton (laughs) francesca just gave me the dirtiest look
1: we're not talking about linman manuel miranda that is not this podcast it could be we're not doing this we're not doing this <laughs> maybe i'll read his book you don't know oh my god please do so i don't have to rude final reason was to help mom and dad out with the money troubles we're because the money troubles were just getting really bad and like all i could think was like this was brilliant why didn't i think of this to get out of taking my meds like <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> you
0: oh You thought of other ways,
1: but... Yeah, I did. I threw them out most of the time. But... (laughs) She was clever marjorie goes on to tell mary that the voices in her head are real as well like that's a real thing but then suddenly the lights in the basement go out and marjorie hides like in the stairwell that leads up and out to the side of the house um so she can't be caught out of her room so eight-year-old mary sees the holes in her story and but doesn't fully and doesn't like fully believe her The use of the confessional is explained to Mary, so they set up the sunroom as, like, where they filmed the confessionals for the reality show, but she decides she wants to help the family. Mary makes up a story of Marjorie spewing nonsense words, eating dirt off the basement floor, and turning the lights off. Oh. Oh. And it was all fake. Right. The mind of this child is unmatched.
0: Yeah, dude, I would not have been able to think of this shit, let me tell you. I'm a dumb child.
1: (laughs) But anyway, so Mary bonds with the head crew member, Ken. He gives her her, gives Mary like a video camera, like a handheld video camera for her to do her own videotaping because she was excessively using the confessional. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what the fuck? Which, like, eight-year-old me would have done the same thing, let's be real. (laughs) So, it's premiere night for the first episode. The crew is all at the house, but Marjorie and Mom are upstairs. Mary walks around recording the party, and she catches the director, Barry, Father Wanderly, and an unknown man, like, all shaking hands. Super sus.
0: That is sus.
1: Mary is sent to bed right before the show starts and she falls asleep like with the camera on her chest. This
0: is some Blair Witch project kind of shit.
1: Literally it's like found footage. Before she went to bed she had covered the cardboard house with like a blanket because after she had woken up with the drawings of the vines on it and the growing things it like freaked her out and she didn't want it anymore so she covered it. She wakes up in the middle of the night she hears scratching on the house and she starts recording with the video camera. Right. And the blanket gets sucked into the house. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't like this. So through like the windows and the door, Mary tells Marjorie to come out. She knows she's faking. Mary inspects the house. Still recording. Marjorie is under the blanket writhing around with like choking herself. Okay. <laughs> And then she shoots up and launches the house at Mary, who, like, struggles to get the house off of her and doesn't catch Marjorie leaving on tape. Uh Uh-huh. Mary goes to Marjorie's room and finds her asleep. When the camera dies, Marjorie rolls over and asks Mary if she caught it all on tape. Right. Mary climbs into bed with mom and dad, whose marriage is literally falling apart (laughs) because, like, they're sleeping on literally different sides of the bed. So after the episode, first episode premieres, religious fanatics start protesting outside of their House. <laughs> Me. So Mary goes to school dressed up to the nines the next day because she thinks like this show is gonna be the shit, but really it is just shit. She finds out, she's really disappointed because she finds out only two of her friends watch the show and like they didn't have any like good things to say about it. She gets (sighs) teased all day at school. She goes home and shows the footage from the night before to Ken and even he like jumps when the house like caves in on itself and is super concerned about Mary and says they'll definitely use the footage in the show. Right. Mary is concerned because she could be heard saying Marjorie is faking it on the the video but stays silent, Mm -hmm. doesn't tell Ken. Like she's concerned about it, uh, and then she just resolves never to use the video camera again. <laughs> oh, okay, all right then. So the parents and Father Wanderley sit Mary down and explain to her that they're gonna, there's gonna be another doctor coming to talk to Marjorie. Uh, that's been sent by the bishop of their area. Uh, to to determine if Marjorie is really possessed. Okay, and so. They ask Mary to be in the room for it because the demon is always manifesting around her. Oh, don't like that. Don't like that at all. (laughs) What the hell? They explain that if it all goes right, they'll get permission to perform the exorcism. And Mary agrees to attend. And here's a reminder. She's literally eight years old. A literal child. Who would allow that? They have the interview with Marjorie. She mentions the name Yad. Forgive my dyslexia. It's all good. Yidhara, Yidhara, Y I D H R A. Yeah, I'd say Yidhara. And that Ken would know who that is. So okay. after the interview, yeah, they all go downstairs, and Ken reveals that that name is from a f- is of a fictional demon from an H P Lovecraft novel. <laughs> and oh is a very gosh, minor no. character. The dad's like, "Why the fuck would she know that you know who that is?" And he's like, "I don't know, maybe she saw my t-shirt," like, and then Barry like taps him on the shoulder and is like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> like, she's possessed. <laughs> she knows that you like that. Shut up. So, he suggests that maybe she found it out by Google. That night, Mary goes into the bathroom and on her way back to her room, she checks on Marjorie who an- asserts or insists that maybe it's actually dad who's possessed. Because he's being very religious. He's always praying. He's kind of gotten like a little cuckoo bananas in the head. Right. So Father Wanderly gets permission to do the exorcism, but he needs eight days of for preparation. So they literally stretch out this interview with Marjorie over two episodes.
0: <laughs> oh wow. Holy shit.
1: Because they have nothing to film because
0: <laughs> they have no content to give.
1: They <laughs> Yeah, right? Fucking start a podcast. That's what we did. <laughs> right mary starts getting bullied at school because of the show and is getting called think of what mary might be getting called you could just come up with something because i promise you it will not be as good as this
0: no it's not gonna so i don't even know i'm gonna try
1: no just just try just one what what would you bully a girl whose sister is possessed by the devil uh scary mary i don't know <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one no they've been calling her sister satan oh that's a good one right so because the massachusetts had just passed laws that had tightened bullying restrictions and that had made the school more schools more liable for bullying the bully gets suspended right obviously <laughs> good And that they're told, like, to stay away from Mary. So the number of protesters increases so much so that cops need to, like, get involved to, like, make sure they don't go on the property and just stay away from the house kind of thing. Right. The night before the exorcism, the whole family minus Marjorie is, like, sitting in the family room just, like, watching TV. Marjorie comes downstairs and is, like, acting relatively normal to watch TV with the family. And everything feels, like, normal again. And then Marjorie tells them what it feels like when she's possessed And I wrote down what page it's on, and I'm going to read it because it was just, like, so... Uh Uh-huh. So she says, um, when she tries to scream for help, I can't move my mouth, I can't breathe, and everything in me just starts, started leaking away, running down, like, my volume button being turned down slowly. I knew I was dying. I, that, that, that was what dying felt like. And the worst part was that the terrifying, horrible dying feeling was going to last forever. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, shit. That sounds not good, (laughs) to say the least. So she tells them that Mary has to be there for the exorcism and that she will not cooperate if Mary isn't in the room, that people will get hurt if Mary isn't there. Like, I do not like this. I do not like where this is going. She reminds Mary that maybe it's dad who's actually possessed.
0: Sounds like what a possessed person would say
1: the day of the exorcism. Mary gets to stay home from school that day, which like the best, like can one of my, I wish one of my sisters got freaking possessed so I could stay home for oh, yeah. the exorcism. I'm like, goddamn. damn. to take one from the goddamn
0: team. Come on. Catherine and Gabby listening to this.
1: <laughs> they don't. Don't worry about it. My uncle will and he'll laugh at that. <laughs> so dad ends up going to church that morning like he does every day. He gets back from church and then gets into an altercation. With the protesters and just starts a beating the shit out of one of the protesters. Mood. Because <laughs> he's holding up a sign that says, God hates Marjorie. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Which, like, I would hold up a sign with that says, God hates with an arrow pointing down at myself. But that's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Da- Mom has to go bail out Dad so they don't really have time to sit Mary down and explain to her, like, what's going to happen and, like... All of that.
0: Oh, no. I do not like this.
1: After dinner, Mom and Dad get, like, into kind of, like, an argument because Mom is going to take Marjorie upstairs, and Dad wants Mary to stay downstairs with him so he can she can pray with the Dad and Father Wanderly, and Mom's like, if she wants to come upstairs, she can come upstairs, that sort of thing. So they end, the three of them end up going upstairs. Marjorie lies on her bed, and Mom, like, gives Marjorie an out, and she, like, tells her, Mar- Mom will stop all of this. If that's what Marjorie wants, right before it all begins. Right. And Marjorie tells her it will work and then runs to the bathroom and bombs. So the two <laughs> priests present for the exorcist is Father Wanderley and Father Gavin. Got it. So they all, like, leave the room so they can set up for the exorcism. Like, the film crew can set up for the exorcism.
0: Oh my gosh, the film crew.
1: So the room is freezing cold. So Marjorie has to be strapped to the bed because, like, they don't want her to hurt herself or anyone else in the room. So mom agrees and and ties her to the bed. The exorcism exorcism begins with like a lot of praying and Marjorie kind of like basically calling out everything they're going to do before they do it. Right. Marjorie complains that she's getting too cold. Her lips are turning purple. She's getting goosebumps. So the priests pull the comforter up her body. While praying over her, Marjorie insists she's fine and then starts begging them to like stop. The drawers in her desks shoot open and close and she insists that it's not her. She's not the one doing it. Her bed starts rattling and she's insisting I'm not doing this. It's not me. Right. She thrashes enough that her comforter needs to be pulled up again. So Father Gavin pulls the comforter up to her chin like she asked and Marjorie takes a nice big bite into Father Gavin's wrist.
0: Uh Oh Mm, that's gross
1: and so the dad and father wanderly kind of have to pull the two apart his wrist is like they said like his, his robes were like turning purple from like the blood so then marjorie leaps out of bed she was tied to the bed she leaps out of bed and goes to her desk and pulls the drawer out to confirm that there were springs in the back of it making it open so she wasn't the one doing it the director obviously had put shit in the back of the drawers to make them open
0: right fuck these people
1: uh mom cries and asks why mary had to like why is she doing this when mary was there for the exorcism and marjorie said she never said what would happen if mary was there and that they were all going to die so dad tries to like wrap his arms around marjorie and restrain her marjorie picks like a champ picks up the drawer from her desk and whacks her dad in the head with oh my gosh <laughs> Shit. And then Mary is obviously traumatized, rightfully so. Right. Escapes and runs downstairs. And on like the... So the way the stairs are, it's two landings and three sets of stairs. Okay. So on the second round of staircase, of the staircase, Mary tumbles and like twists her ankle coming down and Ooh. has to like gimp foot it down the rest of the chair, the stairs. Oh no. Which like, honey, I've been there. I can appreciate that. Right. Right. Yeah, that does not sound... That just... I just... Wow. <laughs> Mary runs to Ken, who's standing in the living room with Tony, the camera guy, and she kind of has a stare-down moment with, with Tony, and then they all look up, and Mar- Marjorie is on the first landing of the stairs, and she's, like, covered in blood. She has blood coming out of her mouth from Gavin, right, Father Gavin.
0: Right, 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 yeah.
1: She yells after Mary, wait for me, and then launches herself over the railing.
0: Bro. From what floor? From the third floor?
1: From the second floor.
0: Okay. That's still crazy, but...
1: Yeah. So then we get the final blog entry. And it's an overview of the final episode. So it starts with a tour of the house filmed by Mary. Kind of giving viewers an actual layout of the house and things like that. And then it cuts to Dad's arrest. Then it cuts to dinner. And you can tell they sloppily edited the, convo- the, the argument between mom and dad. Right. And then we get a panned shot of, like, the bedroom setup of, like, the candles laid out and the crucifix on the wall and the desk covered and things like that. And then you see Marjorie get tied down, even though Karen, which we know is now Mary... Right. Asserts that mom never really tied her down in the first place, which is was my first initial thought when I read that mom was the mom was the one that tied her down because from the beginning, mom, the mom was never a believer in all of this stuff. Like she was just doing it to help her daughter.
0: Yeah, right, 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 right.
1: I when I first read it, I was like, no way she actually tied her to that bed. No fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. And there were a lot of misogynistic themes throughout the episode. So like when Marjorie recites like the rite of exorcism as it's happening, they they pose it as like that's absolutely proof that she's possessed. Like what silly little girl knows how to knows all this stuff. So like there was that misogynistic overtone. They don't show Marjorie Proving that there were springs in the desk and that she wasn't doing it. hmm So they make it look like she was actually doing that stuff. Right. When Mary ran out of the room, like, when the exorcism was actually happening, Marjorie was, like, kind of going crazy. Mary yelled, I know you're faking it. I hate you. I wish you were dead. Oh, man. So they manipulate Mary's audio so that viewers don't hear her shout, I know you're faking. They just hear her yell, I hate you. I wish you were were dead. dead. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. So then we find out from, we find out from the article that Marjorie, when she jumped, she, there was like a huge debate because she like was in the air for like a long time before she actually dropped. Right. So like there was conversation about whether she was actually levitating or like that kind of thing. And like. Right. Whether the uh, the film was edited and so on. You find out that Marjorie broke her ankle and got a concussion from the jump.
0: Oh. Oh.
1: no, no, no. In the beginning of the book, you find out that Mary is the only sole survivor of her family, right? Okay, I think yeah. I mentioned that, yeah. And it's revealed, at this point, that Dad poisoned the whole family one month after the final episode premiere, and Mary was the only sole survivor. Holy shit! So... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mary has her final meeting with Rachel. And in the meeting, Rachel kind of goes over. So Mary basically says to Rachel, tell me what you know about that day and I'll fill in the gaps. So right. we learn that Marjorie was hospitalized for after the fall, obviously. There was an investigation into the parents and negligence and things like that, but it was dropped. Of course. Uh, Marjorie was then required to meet with a state-appointed psychiatrist weekly. as she should? Yeah. So then the dad threatened to sue the production company after the show. Literally the night that it happened, the production company cleared the fuck out. They were (laughs) gone the next day. They were like, not it, sis. Nope. So then we find out that dad had started exchanging emails with the leader of the Baptist church that he had punched out. Uh Uh-huh. When, like, he got arrested, that's who he had hit, was this leader of this crazy Baptist church. Okay. And the guy basically told the dad that God was mad at him. And three days before the poisoning told dad, you know what you have to do.
0: Oh, no. No. No.
1: So he used potassium cyanide and it was never determined where he actually got it from. That's suspect.
0: That's real suspect.
1: (laughs) The day of the poisoning is... It's nine days before Christmas. And... (gasps) No. (laughs) Mary... Gets in a fight with her mom because the mom said they would go and get a Christmas tree that day, and then ma- mom woke up too late and was like, We'll go tomorrow. So, as a rebellion, she won't talk to anybody for the rest of the day and just makes signs to hold up to people.
0: Oh, the silent treatment. I remember <laughs> An that. Icon. And so I've never been done before.
1: <laughs> so Med- Marjorie pulls Mary into her bedroom. So this is all the stuff that Marjorie tells Mary. Okay. She notices something wrong with dad, that all of her sessions with Dr. Hamilton were about her father mm-hmm. and that mom wouldn't listen to anything Marjorie had to say. So she pretended to be really sick to get mom to listen and it just didn't work. And she thought the the show would show people dad was actually the one that needed help, but that backfired. Yeah. I'll say. And she was the one that looked crazy. And she was so desperate to get out of the family and that's why she jumped off. It's like she was trying to jump away from the family. Mm Mm-hmm. So she shows Mary a bunch of articles of dads that murdered their families after they were fired or for a bunch of different reasons. Oh, shit. Yeah. And she tells Mary that dad had built a shrine, this like bizarre religious shrine in their basement. And he was going to try and kill them. And Mary and her needed to save their parents. So they come up with a plan. So Marjorie steals the jar of poison and says she dumps out most of it. And they head downstairs and Marjorie tells Mary she'll distract their mom. Okay. Makes sense. Mary believes Marjorie. So she takes the jar to the kitchen and pours it into their dinner sauce. What? Because Mary believes in the plan. She's eight years old. I'd like to remind you. Eight years old. Right. And this was the plan, was to put enough in the sauce to knock out their parents so they could get out. They know that Mary doesn't eat the sauce. Marjorie would just pretend she was sick so that their parents would eat it and knock out. And they could take the jar to the cops as proof that their dad was going to kill them so he would get taken away and get help. Right. So they sit down for dinner. Obviously Mary doesn't take the sauce. Marjorie sits down and takes a nice big helping of the sauce. And Marjorie Mary is like, Why? Like why would you like with the with the sign? Like, why? What are you doing? And she ignores Mar- Marjorie ignores her and suggests Mary have some sauce and that it's delicious. Oh. Oh. And she's like, You eat it with your pizza. Why why don't you eat it with this? And her their dad's like, I've stopped asking that question a long time ago. <laughs> right? So their last words were about why Mary doesn't eat sauce, and then moments later their heads dropped to the dinner table. Well, she goes around and she pokes her mom, and her mom doesn't move. Right. She goes over to Mar- Marjorie whose head is like hanging back at the top of like the chair, like hanging over the edge, and she she pokes Marjorie and goes asks what they're supposed to do now. Oh. She gets back in her chair and she covers her eyes and apologizes to their parents for playing such a mean prank on them and that it was all Marjorie's fault. Oh, shit! She runs down to the basement to see if Marjorie said was true about the shrine. Right. And it wasn't. There's no shrine in the basement and nothing. Bro,
0: shut the fuck up. No way.
1: She sits in the basement and awaits for the growing things to get her. Mary tells Rachel she remembers going upstairs and opening everyone's doors in case they all wake up and they wanted to go to bed. And she remembers leaving her bedroom door open so they can find her. Then she remembers her Aunt Erin coming over, her aunt, the one that she had stayed with that week after Marjorie was in the hospital.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So she remembers her Auntie Erin coming over and finding her and taking her away. But what actually happened, according to the police reports, was three days later, Marjorie's psychiatrist came over for their weekly visit, mm-hmm. called the cops when nobody answered the door or the phone. Uh-huh and mary was found under the kitchen table sitting in the filth of three dead bodies leaning against her mom's legs with her mom's thumb in her mouth what the fuck rachel says she has a hard time believing her story based on the few inconsistencies with the police report is like that's my story and i'm sticking to it like that's what happened and as she leaves the coffee shop her breath is visible right and that's how it ends shit holy crap and, like, there are a lot of double meanings to, like, having visible breath. Like, it, it sometimes alludes to being a spirit. Yeah. Sometimes not. But, oh, my God, the heartbreak, of, like, her, like, poking her mom, like, trying to wake her up and then asking her sister what they need to do next because she doesn't know where the cops are. Right. I literally almost started crying. Oh, Like, man. just imagining, like, an eight-year-old. Because I also spent this earlier this week with my nephew, yes so i was just like thinking about like what not like he not that he would do anything like that but like of course just not. like him like trying to poke his mom oh my god i'm literally gonna start crying i just like went upstairs and like hugged my mom after
0: oof that's crazy
1: Mm-hmm. and that is the story of a head full of ghosts
0: man shit and
1: that and that's what i mean by like i wasn't scared i was just upset by it She was tricked as an eight-year-old by her sister into killing her whole family.
0: Right now, she's got to live with that guilt. That and
1: like so, Rachel's writing the book, and she's like, "I've." She told Rachel, "She's like, I've never told anyone that—not the cops, not my therapist, not my aunt, nobody." And she's like, "Now I'm ready to deal with like the consequences of the truth coming out." Right. Because her dad was blamed for it. Right. And I was just like, "How do you poison someone and they like survive?" Like survive like i was trying to figure out how the dad would do it right and then like they explain it and i'm just like oh my god right that's heavy shit like the eight-year-old like after everything like mary loved her so much and believed in her so much and oh oh and that's why i chugged the rest of my wine chug 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 (laughs) chug and it's done so that was my story this week
0: Wow, that was quite tumultuous.
1: Yeah, because I'm mad that it wasn't, like, scary, scary. I know. Even though, like, there were parts where you were like,
0: oh. But... R- right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Books are, it's hard to be scary in books because you're yeah. reading it. And I feel like yeah. that visual
1: is The vi- she, really... He did a great job with, like, his descriptive language of describing. Right. Like, the... Like, her mouth was a faucet and bullhorn dad. Like, so many things. That mouth is a faucet, like, still sticks with me. I literally <laughs> just saw her, like, ma- like in my mind. Like, just imagine her mouth opening and just, like, vomit. Just, like, just, like m-
0: pouring. Yeah, that's what yeah. I imagined in my head, too.
1: Yeah. So, phenomenal read. I definitely want to look into his other books because I did like this book. And I want to read another one of his.
0: Is that the first... Um, guy, author, we've, we've covered?
1: Male author? I think it might. No, we did Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. That was our second episode. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, you see, we recorded a bunch before then, so.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. But next week, we have one from you. Are you going to tell us? or Are you going to keep us in the dark?
0: No, I'm going to keep you in suspense.
1: Ugh. really hoping you wouldn't say that
0: (laughs) partly because i'm not sure which one i'm gonna do yet so oh
1: you're one of those bitches that i forgot you can read a book in like two hours and be done with it i finished reading this at two o'clock today that's actually really good yeah i'm really proud of myself i got it done before we were supposed to record yeah and then someone was three hours late okay i had a good reason (laughs) men are never a good reason
0: (laughs) I actually just started a book yesterday, and I'm like gonna finish it tonight. Like after we we end this, I'm finishing it. I'm very excited. Ooh, it's um, it's called oh, it's The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, which is really popular. YA that I've not read yet. So,
1: mm. I can't think of any YAs that I've read recently.
0: Ugh, my heart just breaks.
1: <laughs> well. That was this episode of, of Bookaholics Anonymous. I am Francesca, and you can follow me on Twitter at h b i chesca, and on Instagram at Francesca Hope.
0: Oh man, and you can find me on Goodreads as Alicia Reads Thirteen. Or I've recently got onto StoryGraph, which is a black-owned website. I don't know if it's a company per se, but it's just like Goodreads. Except for not connected to Amazon. So I'm Alicia Reid's on there. No 13. I love that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I hope you guys liked this episode. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye. Hi, all. It's Francesca, surprise, surprise, popping in and post. To remind you guys, we actually do have a Twitter account, at BookaholicsPod, where you can follow us for any updates on releases and to find all the authors for all the books that we talk about. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye!